Good morning. We welcome you to the services of the Boonville Church of Christ. If you're joining us on social media, you are, we welcome you as well. Um, if you're visiting with us, you're our honored guest, and we'd like to have a record of your attendance as well as everyone else's. There is a friendship register on each pew. We'd ask that you uh, pass that down the pew at this time, and at the end of services, the ushers will, will pick up those cards. Before we get into our worship service, I would we have a card from uh, Patsy Bain. She said, I want to thank everyone for the prayers, cards, and phone calls made on my behalf while I was recuperating from hip surgery. You don't know how to appreciate this kindness until you're on the receiving end. Thanks again, Patsy Bain. We are so thankful that Patsy has had a good recovery and is back with us. Those that will be participating in our worship service are listed in the worship bulletin. Would you bow with me as we begin? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can assemble this morning to worship Thee. We pray that all that we do would be pleasing in Your sight and that our worship would be acceptable to Thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Morning. Oh no. <laughs> Isn't working down here. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. 
I am my Savior, am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, <clears throat> filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Before opening prayer this morning, we'll sing Highest Place. <clears throat> We place you on the highest place For you are the great high priest We place you high above all else All at your feet. We place you on the highest place, for you are the great high priest. We place you High above all else, all else, and we come to you and worship at your feet. We place you on the highest place for you are the great high priest we place you high above Heavenly Father, we bow our heads this moment and we definitely place you on the highest place. We want to make sure this morning that we give you all glory and praise and honor. 
And Father, we ask you as we do that through our worship this morning, that you'll be with us and that you'll help us do everything that, or help us in everything we do, be in spirit and in truth. Father, we are mindful this morning of so many things. I just want to mention a few in this prayer. We're mindful for those that are sick among us and those that need you. Our list is extremely long and there's so many names that I know those of us who are praying to you right now are lifting up to you. And as we think about those individuals and as we lift them up to you now, we just pray that you'll be with them as only you can, but you'll also help us as your servants to minister to them and to show your love through our lives. Father, the other thing that's on my heart this morning is all the many activities that we have going on here in the congregation. Specifically, Father, as I look at the activity list in the bulletin, there's, there's so many things in regards to lads to leaders. And so I want to lift that program up to you this morning. I want to lift every single youth that participates in it. I want to list, I want to lift up every single adult that's helping. And Father, I just want to thank you for our young people here today, for the energy that they provide us and for the love that they show towards you. And so, Father, I want to lift them up, and I just want to make sure I thank you for them. But, Father, there's so many others here, young and old alike, who serve you and who edify one another. And so I just want to thank you for the church here at Boonville, for every single member, and how, they, how we lift each other up so we can do your will and glorify you in all that we do. So, Father, as I close this prayer, I just ask you to be with us as in the remainder of this worship hour and time. Father, be with those who continue to serve and lead us through this worship. And Father, more importantly, help us, help us keep our minds on you and focus on you because that's what you deserve because we do place you on the highest place. We thank you so much for Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for each one of us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Song of invitation after the lesson this morning will be softly and tenderly. Uh, before our lesson, if you would please stand and we will sing anywhere is home. <clears throat> Earthly wealth and fame may never come to me, and a palace fair here mine may never be, but let come what may, if Christ for me doth care, anywhere is home if he is only there anywhere is home let come and go what may anywhere i roam he keeps me 
are the way. So for his dear sake, my cross I'll meekly bear. Anywhere is home if Christ my Lord is there. I will labor on till I am called away, till the morn shall dawn of that eternal day, looking unto him who keeps me in his care. Anywhere is home if Christ my Lord is there. Anywhere is home let come and go what may. Anywhere I roam he keeps me all the way. So for his dear sake my cross I'll meekly bear. Anywhere is home if Christ my Lord is there. Be seated. Scripture that reading this morning is from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. For in your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your straight your paths. Good morning, everybody. Hey, I hope you had a really good week this week. But you probably know from announcements you've heard and prayers, you've heard people mention that some folks didn't have a great week this week. And I got two requests today for prayer before we begin our study of God's Word today. They want us as a congregation praying for them. I think that says a lot about us as a family of God. People know that God hears our prayers. And so they really covet our prayer time with God. So one is with regard to Stella Pittman. She's gone to live with her daughter, Star. and That's in Tupelo. She actually moved yesterday. She's on hospice, and Star says that she had a, a good night. They're very sad about the progression here, but they're at peace. Please pray for us in the days of, ahead. We love you all. If anyone wants to come see her, you can go there to see her. 
you're welcome. She's alert and eating well. That's from Star Ray. Of course, we have Joey here today. So not only can we pray for this family, but you can let Joey know that you're thinking and praying for his mother. And then also, Kim Fowler. She's not here today. She's with the Strickland congregation. She wanted to be with her mother as she has returned back to worship on the first day of the week following the death of Bill Jones. And, you know, we had been praying for him, remember? There were requests put out on the Facebook page. And there were some moments in the midst of that where he seemed to be doing better. And there was a lot of rejoicing about that. And then, kind of in a sudden turn of events, uh, he passed from this life. Kim says, I won't be at services tomorrow. Kelsey, Briley, and I are going to Strickland with Mother. I'll miss y'all. I do have a request. Would you please say a special prayer for us in the morning? My mom puts on the brave smile, but I know she's hurting so bad. I can't seem to hold it together, and I don't act like I can. I love y'all. Thanks for everything. And then she said this, and this is the most relatable thing in the whole message. And, and I would say it would be true of, of all these requests. Kim says, being a daddy's girl is really hard right now. Will you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we come before you as your children, humbled in your presence, just amazed that we can even call you Father, but you insist on it. And because of Jesus and his sacrifice, we, we wouldn't ever doubt that you see us as your children for what you gave to make it so. So in that, you have also told us that we could come to you with our, our concerns and our cares and that we could approach you as a father who cares about his children and who wants to heal their hurts. And so, Father, we come to you on these two requests today, one for the Pittman family and... We pray that you'll bless Stella as she's receiving special care now. We pray for a star in the home that she can bear up under the constant need for care and uh, with help be able to provide it. We pray for Joey, who's now some distance from his mother. But we pray that in all of this that you'll bring just comfort and I, I pray, Lord, that you will give them some extraordinarily good days in the midst of a very difficult and hard time. Lord, we also pray for Kim in the passing of her dad that, although he was sick, was uh, really unexpected. 
we pray for her mother and those of the family that have returned in a period of worship to, to honor you even when their hearts are so heavy. And Father, we first look at that and are thankful for the strength of faith that they have that they know that being with God's family is the place to be when there's this kind of pain and suffering. But Lord, we also, we also just pray that the sense of missing someone Bill was sick, but had no intention of passing and looked forward to being well. And so with that missing in their lives and the, the uh, loss of seeing the fulfilled expectation, we just pray that you will, through members of your body, provide strength and encouragement and comfort that they so much need right now. And Lord, help us as Kim's family, to embrace her and uh, to offer ourselves to her. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us today as we are opening your word. I pray, Lord, that this passage of Scripture will truly be the roadmap that we need for success in this life. I'm very convinced that most, if not every person that's here today really wants to go to heaven, wants to find their way, but sometimes we are distracted, we multiply our mistakes, we develop doubt, we become very frustrated. Help us, Lord, to keep our hearts, minds, and spirits focus in the right direction. Help us to trust you and to acknowledge you to have the success that you want us to have spiritually. I pray, Lord, that you'll help me communicate that today in the simple terms that I've laid out in my mind. And I pray for those who hear it that even if I falter in that, that they'll be able to make sense of it to lay hold of what is truly a, a, great, a great promise and expectation that we can have spiritually if we'll just put these things in place. Thank you for being with us and using us and for empowering your word in us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Powerful statement right here in this text. You've heard it many times. Songs have been written around it. I even know a song you do too that uses the very words within the text of the song. We could just sing on and on. But we are to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not to lean on our own understanding. He says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. I want to unpackage the beautiful statements that we have lined out here in this text. But I want to begin by us just thinking about our situation right now, where we are spiritually in the course of, I'm just going to call it our journey. 
I know that's kind of an overused phrase that we're all on a journey, but the truth of the matter is that we are. We're in the midst of a journey. I'm wondering, first of all, whether or not you know where it is that you are going. I mean, do you have a destination in mind? It may be that with regard to your career or the planning of your education, wherever it is you are in your life, you may have a general idea of where you want to be in five or ten years. That makes sense. We want to be on the right course. Some folks, though, are sitting there and they're thinking, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, let alone in five or ten years. Okay, peace. We're, we're, all in, we're all in different places in terms of our planning. But those things, great, but those are not permanent things. Those are temporary things. Your life is going to end at some point. And then the real matter of your journey is going to come into play. What about your spiritual destination? What about that journey that you are on? Do you know where you're going with that? And, and if you answer, yes, Ken, I, I know exactly where I'm going. Then really the next question would be, do you know how? you're going to get to where you plan to be someday. Do you have that worked out? Are you being successful in staying on this course? I'm fully convinced that this text right here provides us with a roadmap for success if we will just take its little parts and put them into play. So, like I said, I'm just going to break it down, unpackage it as it stands. And I want to look at two very distinct things that break this text into its components. The first is an emphasis upon trusting in the Lord. And then secondly is the emphasis upon acknowledging the Lord. I want you to know that those are two very different things. To trust in the Lord may not involve our acknowledgement. If that is true, then you are on the wrong path. You may have a destination in mind, and maybe that's why you trust in the Lord, but if you're not truly acknowledging the Lord, then you're probably lost. And it may be that on this journey right now, you feel that way. You know where you want to go, but you're just not certain that how you're progressing is actually going to end up where it is that you want to go. Let's try today to get some of those things straight. So let's begin by talking about what it is to trust the Lord. Now, to trust is kind of an interesting word. If, if I look at it, just generally speaking, almost always the first thing that comes to mind when I think of trust is something like confidence. You know, have confidence in God. Ken, is that it? Well, not quite. Or I would say, okay, so maybe trust is the idea of, you know, safety or, or security. Ken, is that the idea? If I trust the Lord, that is, if, if I feel safe or secure in Him, is that what He's talking about? And, and actually, that's not the whole of it either, although these ideas are involved in it. 
probably the, the best translation, if it weren't trust, would be the word, and don't misunderstand me, it would be the word careless. Careless. But not in the sense that I'm careless with something and I lose it. It simply means to be without care. Or a simpler way to put it would be, I, I, I don't worry. When I am trusting in the Lord, when I trust the Lord, my life is not filled with worry or despair. I then, in that sense of care less, I have no fear. I'm not, I'm not worried about circumstances. I have every confidence that God is going to take care of this journey that I'm on. I'm going to lean on him. I'm going to trust in the Lord. Of course, one of the first things maybe that pops into mind is what Paul said to the Philippians. And it really goes along with this idea from Philippians 4, verse 6 and following. He says, to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see what he did right there? You be anxious for nothing. You be careless. <laughs> you be anxious for nothing, but here's what you do. You put it on the Lord. In everything, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and then you'll have that peace that you're seeking. So I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to care less. I'm going to... I'm going to be free of the worry. I'm going to look for the safety and the care that is found in the relationship that I have with the Lord. Now, why should I believe that that is possible? I mean, that would be a natural question. You say trust in the Lord. Why, why should I? In Titus chapter 1 and verse 2, we find out that God cannot lie. So I ought to be emboldened there that if I trust in the Lord, I'm trusting in something that he has told me or he has made promise. And so on the basis of a promise that he has made, since he doesn't lie, I can trust it. I can care less about how this thing is going. It may look like it's going sideways, but if I'm going to trust in the promise of the Lord and he cannot lie, then I ought to be all right. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18 says that it is impossible for him to lie. So it isn't like most of the time it's okay. But he says, let's just have this confidence right now. God isn't ever going to lie because it's not a part of his nature. You can absolutely 100% of the time trust what God is telling you. Case in point is Isaiah 55 verse 11. That passage tells us that when God's word goes out and it comes back, it doesn't come back void. In other words, when God sends his word out, it is able to accomplish the very thing that he set it out to do. So I could just throw myself into the masses of people who are taking comfort and benefit out of some promise of God, and I can know that it's not just for me. 
But it's for everybody who has thrown themselves there into the presence of the Lord, have put themselves under the umbrella of the protection of the Lord. And I can know that he did not say that just to say it. That in the promises that he has made, he has every, every effort at his disposal put into place so that it is going to come to fruition. He sends it out and then he expects it to come back. Boy, I love being in the the going and the coming of the will of God because I can be sure since God doesn't lie that it is going to come to pass. And then there's that statement in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7. Jeremiah says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose hope is the Lord. I know it's kind of subtle in the way that thing breaks out, but I thought it was worth mentioning that he starts out by saying that you have blessing when you trust in the Lord, but please understand that your hope isn't in something that the Lord is doing. Your trust, your hope is not in the vehicle that God is using in order to accomplish his will. The second part of that is that hope is the Lord. Not something that he is doing for us. The the thing is, when, when we boil it all down, my trust and my hope, my confidence, isn't in something that he might do or the result of something that is done. But my trust, my hope is in God himself, so that no matter how that thing ultimately works out, I know that in God, all that he had promised is going to come to be. That's why it is, I think, that it is said we walk by faith and not by sight. Sometimes what we see doesn't really line up with what we had hoped for, but it is nevertheless, perhaps, the fulfillment of God's will anyway. Think with me for a moment about the interesting ways that God's promises unfold. Sometimes God's promises unfold in a way that we expected for them to. And I just want to use some illustrations from the scriptures. Events where God made a promise and then it turned out exactly like God said it would. For instance, I don't know why this sticks in my mind, but I just think it's kind of funny in a way. I'm sure it wasn't a funny experience, but just when I think about it, I think it's kind of funny. And that is, you know, the second plague that God issued against Egypt? When Moses goes in and he tells Pharaoh to let God's people go or else God's going to send a plague of frogs. I don't know, I just, I just think that's kind of funny. Most frogs that I think of are usually in a caricature form, right? They're always singing songs or hopping around and seem very joyful. The picture of those hopping, happy, singing frogs being in everything and irritating the Egyptians, just kind of a funny idea. And I wonder when Pharaoh heard that, if he didn't think frogs... Uh, You know, like maybe this is a metaphor for something. Wonder what the frogs might represent. But actually, God promised there's going to be a plague of frogs. And you know what happened. (laughs) 
There were frogs. Frogs. God did exactly what, what he was expected to do. When God releases the children of Israel from that bondage, boy, they go along for a while and finally they have a kingdom established and Saul, he becomes the first king and then along comes David and boy, there's great anticipation with, with this kingdom and how God is going to flourish in this place despite the fact that they have called for a human king. But God's about to establish a throne that's never going to falter. And God then tells David, David, your son, not you, your son, is going to build this spectacular temple for me. And I'm sure David and others probably think, you know, what's he talking about? You know, my lineage, maybe that's going to come way on down the line. Wow, God is in control of history. But actually, it was Solomon, his literal, actual son, who came along and built that temple. God said, your son's going to do it. And literally, actually, what was said should have been expected. God just did it like he said he was going to do it. God, sometimes later, got the children of Israel and they're a mess. They're in sin. God says then as Israel departs into oblivion, and ultimately around 200 years later, now Judah is in just as great a strife of sin and in peril of leaving the true God of heaven. And God says, I'm going to punish you for your unfaithfulness. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to separate you from this land and I'm going to put you in bondage. Again, question, you know, get the scholars together. Is this some figure of speech? Is, is God just talking about how, you know, he's going to oppress us? Because as we look at it, we have a very strong military. We have lots of allies. We have our coffers full of gold and silver. We are rich. We are strong. Nobody can touch us. But you know, what God had said there in terms of a promise is exactly how that thing unfolded. And it wasn't long before Judah herself was carried away into Babylonian captivity. I just want you to know that there are many times when God makes a promise that he follows that promise by doing exactly word for word what it is that he said he would do. Just exactly as we might have expected it. But then there are other times when God does the unexpected in terms of his promises. For instance, we were talking about the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage. You know, they failed in entering into the promised land. But after 40 years of wandering, now a new generation has risen up, led by Joshua, and they're going to have success. They're going to cross over the Jordan River. They should have been reminded in their faithfulness 
of a time when a faithless generation had actually seen the great provisions of God in a very similar fashion. And that is when Moses had led the children of Israel across dry land through the Red Sea. The water had parted and made columns on both sides. The children of Israel passed through. God had promised them, I will protect you. And so they did not fear the coming Egyptian army. In fact, as they passed into the land and now we're on the free side of that river, that sea, unexpectedly, the water collapsed on the Egyptian armies and they were destroyed. And I think, wow, who would have thought? Who had in mind something extraordinary like that was going to occur? Unexpected. God promised those very same Israelites now in the promised land, having crossed over after that unfaithful generation, the Jordan River, now experienced for a second time God's protections, but not being pursued, now entering freely into this land that is flowing with milk and honey, they face their first obstacle. What will we do? Will we defeat them with our army like we have defeated so many in the past? Will God grant us the victory by sword and spear and shield? No. God says, I'm going to give you this city and you do as I say. And so, interestingly, For six days, they march around that city once every day. And on the seventh day, they march around it seven times. They blow the trumpets. The people shout. And Joshua chapter 6 verse 20 says that the walls fell down flat. Okay, I don't know about you. That's pretty unexpected. Wait, how is this going to work, right? What in the world is the deal about the marching and all? Can Can God deliver it like this? Yes, God promises yes, and God does it in ways we don't expect. The Assyrian army, powerful, led by Sennacherib, could defeat just about any installation. Now is going up against the children of God. And in one night, God's protection came. But it was not because the Israelites were strong and mighty. It isn't because, again, they picked up the sword and the shield is because as they went to sleep that night, the angel of the Lord came into the Assyrian camp and he killed 185,000 of the most experienced and well-equipped men, fighting men in the world. Sometimes God makes promises and we accept the promise, but boy, he... He fulfills it in some of the most unexpected ways. We didn't see that coming. And then I would say that there are some promises of God. Well, for lack of a better way of saying it, I would just say things are inexplicable. It's like we we did clearly see the promise to begin with. And then finally it was fulfilled even in our presence. We didn't recognize it. And the only way that we know this happened is because we're looking back on it. Inexplicable. The first thing that, of course, would come to mind would be the matter of the Messiah. You say, well, now the Israelites, their religious leaders had a notion concerning a coming Messiah, a deliverer, but they had not formulated that plan in their mind. 
In fact, when Jesus came and was with them, they were still in darkness, could not even perceive his light. They crucified the Son of God on the tree. And even yet there are many who have failed to accept the truth that the Messiah has already come. But right there in the scriptures, the promise of God and its fulfillment from the very beginning with the crushing of the head of Satan and the seed of woman, even to the promise of Abraham that in his seed all the nations of the earth would be blessed, even to the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 that a virgin would give birth to Emmanuel, that is God with us, and that fulfilled Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 in Jesus verse 21 who came to save his people from their sins. Who would have thought it? But there it is. Just inexplicable. I can look back on it and see it clearly. But for many of the time, total blindness, darkness. Similarly, was the plan of God not just for the salvation of the Jews, but of the Gentiles also. The mystery of all the ages that both Jews and Gentiles would be one in Jesus Christ. Even within the first century, the fulfillment of that promise was still hard for people to grasp. And even now, what Ephesians 3 verse 8 refers to as the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know, that's what we are enjoying now. And for the most part, we grab onto the fact that we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. But how difficult is it for us just to sit down and really name them one by one, one right after the other? We trust in the promises of God. I say I trust in the Lord, but there's so much more in that. He says don't lean on your own understanding in regard to these things. What does he mean by that? I mean, we say we're intelligent people. We have common sense. We can figure some things out. <laughs> well, th that may be partly true. So why is it that he would say that I shouldn't lean on my own understanding? Well, part of that is because as much as we may know, we don't know everything. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, and my ways than your ways. It is great to be in this relationship with you, but, but don't over-assert your ability to know. There are things in play you don't know about. So what I'm saying to you is you've got to trust me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23 says, Oh God, it is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Why is that? Because we don't, we don't know everything. Trust be careless, don't worry, depend on the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. The second part of this, in all your ways, 
Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Acknowledge. So the sense of acknowledge literally means to know the Lord. To acknowledge the Lord means to know the Lord, have the knowledge of the Lord. He says, in all your ways, know the Lord. Know the Lord in all your ways. Okay, how, how am I doing that? How am I knowing the Lord in every way? Paul tried to direct us in the right way by reminding us of where to put our mind, to put our hopes and our dreams. Colossians chapter 3, if then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Know the Lord in all your ways. Not, not in, in your day-to-day carnal activities. Not in the satisfaction of the flesh. Not in the pursuit of temporary things. Set your mind on eternal things. Acknowledge or know the Lord in that regard. Verse 17 of that text, Colossians 3. Everything that we have, all that we are, that's supposed to be committed to the Lord. Trusting and knowing the Lord is an investment. So I'm asking myself, What is the investment? If I'm going to know the Lord in all my ways, then what are my ways looking like? If I can get that lined up, it seems like I'm going to be on that successful journey. First thing is simply to recognize the forgiveness that God affords us. And I mentioned that because if I don't know that about the Lord, I don't know very much more that's going to motivate me to serve him. Not quite like the recognition of forgiveness of sin. A lot of people have trouble grasping that concept that I'm really forgiven. In Psalm 103 and verse 12, that scripture describes God's ability to forgive to set aside transgression. There it says that God will separate us from our transgression. Look at this picture. As far as the east is from the west. Now in that picture, that's infinity. How far has God separated me in forgiving me of my sin? It isn't like he just kind of hangs it here and dangles it around and says, oh, if you slip, I'm going to remind you of this. No, God has has separated me. He has forgiven me of it. It has gone away from me to infinity. Or another way that expresses the same concept is Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Not some, not a little bit, not a residue of it, just enough to keep us in line. When we are forgiven, it's done away with. Infinity. To me, if I'm going to know the Lord, I I really need to grasp that idea. That I've really been forgiven of my sin. 
And then I need to know the Lord through my study of his word. Now we hit that a lot. We want to emphasize our development, understanding God's truths. But look, we need to study it. We need to meditate upon it. We need to enact it in our lives to obey it, to be people like Abraham, to trust and to obey. Unfortunately, with Abraham, there was the sense that, yeah, I trust and I obey, but I still have that skepticism in my heart. A couple of times in his life that's exhibited. One is perhaps the most famous, and that is when he's given this promise about his son, Isaac. He has already concluded that he and his wife are too old to bear children, so maybe what God means is that I'll have a child through Sarah's handmaid. And thus comes the terrible circumstance of Ishmael and the strife that that would continue to to create throughout history. Abraham had acted faithlessly. The father of the faithful, a person of trust and obedience, one who is holding on to the word of God, who fails because of his own lack of trust in that moment. That's one, but to me, one that maybe we can relate to more is the circumstance where he just sins and sins and sins some more. In Genesis chapter 12, he ventures down into Egypt and he's to face Pharaoh, but he's afraid. You know, God's made these promises, but I, I don't know. So I got to protect my wife. He lies. You're my sister. That brings down havoc upon Pharaoh. And so once that thing is all worked out, we think, finally, you know, he's, he's father of the faithful. He, he's one who trusts in the word of God. He's somebody who can learn his lesson. And so we'll go along through life and everything's going to be fine. But don't you know, a few chapters later, chapter 26, here we are again. This time he's in Gerar and it's Abimelech. And he presents the same lie. She's my sister. And there's the effort to take her for his own. Abimelech is now punished. Again, wishy-washy. And if that isn't enough, then finally it's his own son, Isaac, who does the same thing with Rebekah, with Abimelech in Gerar. What in the world? Don't you learn from your mistakes? Father of the faithful, don't you realize that when you sin, you repent? You repent, that's done. Well, I'm not going back there. Over and over and over again, the perpetuation of sin and mistakes in life. Is that the end? Trust in the Lord. So we strive to know the will of God. We strive to stay with the will of God. We strive to lean on the Lord and to trust in Him, to acknowledge, to know Him better. Sometimes it's on our relationship with prayer. We saw a moment ago from Philippians chapter 4 that part of our throwing our concerns down at the Lord's feet is also extending ourselves to Him in supplication and prayer with thanksgiving to offer these things to Him, to, to recognize Him in His position. But prayer also affords us not just an opportunity to dump our burdens on the Lord, but to be real with God. What it is that we're striving with in our lives. To recognize not just the source that he is of our peace and our strength and all the good things that we might 
a claim of God, but also to recognize our own faults, to admit our failures, to confess our sins, to ask for help. Lord, help me. And we demonstrate our striving and walking with him, acknowledging him in our relation with one another in the church. As long as I go, I'm never going to forget one little thing that Stephen had said in a class at camp. And that was that when we come in here to worship, that we come with our cups full. In fact, we come with them overflowing. I've mentioned that to you before. We don't come in here looking to get something. We come in here to empty out to God all the things that we have gathered up. So we came full, but that is not to deny the impact that being together ought to have on each of us. So as we we're pouring those things out to God, look at all that joy and celebration and faith in God splashing out of us and hopefully it's touching everybody else. That to me seems to be the import somewhat of Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Here is the opportunity for us to get together, not just to pour ourselves out for the Lord, but also for us to experience some of that pouring out for ourselves. If I will trust, and that is the idea of leaning on him, care less, throwing my worry on him, if I will trust and I will acknowledge, I'll have the knowledge of the Lord, then I can have the success spiritually that I'm seeking. A lot of us, I think, are similar to Abraham in what I described a moment ago. And that we get on the right path and we're trusting the promises of God. But we just keep making this mistake of ours over and over and over again. If I'm going to take hold of what this text is offering me, then I'm going to have to get off of that loop that I'm in. The things that I continue to go over and over and over again, the things that continue to beset me, to set me off my course, I am never going to have the success that I desire. I'm never going to achieve spiritually the things that I hope for if I don't become free of that continuing stagger that is a part of my spiritual journey. So today, if you truly do trust in the Lord and you acknowledge Him in all your ways, then he will promise to provide that success. If you're a child of God today, you are already on that track, right? 
probably had an image of where it is that you're going. You're, you're looking for success, but you've gotten in that loop. Today's the day to stop that and, and to make the commitment to get on track and to stay there. If you're not a child of God today, you've heard about Jesus. You know that He's the Son of God. If, if you've come to truly believe that and that God raised Him from the dead, then what is it about the world that you're really hanging on to? Have you not sinned all that you want to sin yet? Is that it? I had someone tell me that one time. All that is going to bring you is heartbreak. It is not going to bring you eternal life. So today, turning your back on sin, confessing your faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, today you can be buried in water. Here in just a few minutes, have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. You'll rise up out of that water in newness of life. You'll be able in the demonstration of that trust and obedience to acknowledge the Lord. And He will direct your paths. If there's anybody who needs to respond for any reason today, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand together and sing. Softly and tenderly Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling. Oh, for the wonder.
promise, promise for you and for me. Though we have sinned, He has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is gone. seated. <clears throat> song we will sing before the Lord's Supper this morning will be Thomas' song. <clears throat> Jesus, you were all to me. Why did you die on Calvary? O Lamb of God, I fail to see how this could be part of the plan. They say that you're alive again, but I saw death and every sin reach out to claim their darkest wind. Could this be part of the plan? If I could only hold your hand and touch the scars where nails were driven, I would need to feel your side where holy flesh by spear was riven, then I believe, only then I believe. Your cruel death was part of a heavenly plan. Holy presence, holy face, a vision filling time and space your nearness makes my spirit race could this be part of the plan i see the wounds that cause the cry from heaven ocean earth and sky when people watch their savior die could this be part of the plan reaching out to hold your hand and touch the scars where nails were driven 
Coming near, I feel your side, where holy flesh by spear was riven. Now I believe, Jesus, now I believe. Your cruel death was part of a heavenly Land. I'd proudly say with blaze on cry, You are my Lord and my God. We've come to the point of our service where we all come together and take the Lord's Supper. If anyone requires a, an emblem, please uh, raise your hand. We take this time as, uh, <clears throat> uh, and, we, and we take it honorably, respectfully, and we do this with dignity. We shall never take it lightly, as Jesus told us to do this, and we will never forget why we do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are all together this morning. And Heavenly Father, there are people all together all over the world remembering thy son and, Father, what he did for us. And when we say this, it, words cannot describe what your son did for us. The things he did that he did not have to do, the total dedication to all of us each person in this room and everyone around the world that ever has been and ever will be. Your son died a, a hideous death so that we may live with him in eternity. Father, we can never ever say anything to thank enough. We can never do anything to thank enough. We can only be thankful and we are so grateful that you sent your son and to do what he did for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to drink of the fruit of the vine, we know that this 
represents the blood of your son, the blood of our Savior, the blood that set us free. This today cannot be taken lightly. This today is no less important than it was when Jesus died for us. Father, we shall always take this time, as Jesus told us to, on this first day of the week. For as we remember what Jesus did, Jesus always does. Father, we are so grateful for your son, for what he has done for us. In his name we pray, amen. Good morning. Good 
We do have a few announcements. There was 332 in worship this morning. Sympathy is extended to Kim Fowler and the death of her dad. All who are going to CYC must meet in the little chapel this morning following worship. Also in the bulletin, there are several announcements pertaining to last leaders, the food pantry, and the visitation team. I do want to announce one last leader announcements. The eighth grade puppet team has been canceled for this evening due to area-wide. If you or anyone in your family received a scholarship to a Christian college, please come to the front of the auditorium immediately after the presentation for a brief meeting with uh, Larry Morgan. And there will be a brief meeting uh, when I'm done with the closing prayer uh, from Chris and Jeremy about the Congregate app. This is a real simple process, so it won't take very long, but if you'll bow with me. We will close with a word of prayer. Most beautiful, loving, and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. and God, we thank you for all the many blessings you've given us, and especially, Lord, we hope that you open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes and help us realize that each of us here are living in a time and an age of comfort and plenty and the ability to communicate and help others that past generations of man could only dream about. God, please direct our purpose and our aim to the service of others and you. Please forgive us when we're selfish and when we're petty and help us do everything we can to serve you this week. Please forgive us where we failed you. We know everything we have comes from you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, it's 1047, and... I know it's getting long, but as a brother... Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God. So this is to uh, help with our pictorial updates as well as our information. Um, I'm not going to go over everything that you see up on the board. I trust that you can read. So in the uh, interest of time, we're, we're going to uh, move on to the next slide. Uh, what you'll see is that we have three basically media, media platforms. You'll notice the icon in the middle. That is our website that we already have had, had for a long time. That's our brochure to the world. Tell us, tell everybody about who we are uh, to own your uh, right side, that would be the Congregate app that we are uh, planning to use. We're already using the, uh, some of this website already. Uh, that's in your email bulletins that you get already. And then, of course, there's social media that we're, uh, as far as what we call our influencers. There are several of you out there that will post 
things about the, co uh, the activities of our, our congregation, and that's just us doing what we can do to get out in, in, into the world. So those are our basic three media platforms. Um, as I said, you can see the BoonvilleChurchOfChrist.com. Uh, that has everything about uh, what we uh, do. It uh, mentions uh, uh, our contact information, contact times, uh, leaderships, beliefs, ministry programs, and other uh, class information actually for our Bible school classes. Uh, the next is uh, when we talk about our social media, that's just uh, things that are kind of the next generation kind of stuff. So. Uh, but the next slide is really what we're getting into, and this is, as you can see, the reasons for it. Mainly it's for our church family directory. This is really to help our shepherds shepherd the flock. But also, there's a lot of good information in there, but sometimes you don't have one of those booklets with you as you're going down the road, right? So this is uh, the first step of that. The other thing, uh, a side effect of this is for the job assignments. Those are the assignments that we do in the public worship. You see all the gentlemen that come and, and uh, get in front of us and speak. And then there are our volunteer opportunities. That's all of our programs. That's everything that everybody can take part in. And then as we get on through this app, there will be more things that we can do. So now we go to the register. Well, stay right there. Go back one. As you can see, uh, we've already met with the elders and uh, the, uh, me, Jeremy, Brent, uh, and others have been working on this for the last few weeks. Uh, we uh, introed this to the deacons last week and got them signed up. And now it's uh, February 19th, registration day. And next week, what, it ha what happens is we have to approve each uh, user account individually. Uh, so next week we plan to do, introduce the app where we'll all go live at the same time. Uh, so with that, if, this is one of those times when from up here they're going to say take out your phones. So if you take out your phone and go to the next slide here, next one, that's a QR code. So if you've got a phone that has a camera that's kind of smart, you just hover over that phone and it will take you to an, an address. Uh, Jeremy's over here also sending a text out to everybody too so that will have the link too that's just one way and what that will do is that will take us to our congregate member login site and it will look something like this Ben Let's see who, okay and I still got the QR code so it might be a little bit smaller but as it will take you to this, this link and you put in your full name. Now this is for each member, not one, like not the father of the family or the head of the household for everybody. It will be for everybody. Um, now when we get down to a certain level of age, maybe not for, for the infants and toddlers and such, but if, if definitely if you have a child that's carrying a phone around, they're probably needing some of this contact too. So. Uh, we can always add those people later, but let's definitely get uh, the adults signed up. So as you go through there, it'll ask for your email. You'll con confirm your email. The phone number if, will be very important as well. And then that, that birthday, it has click none. If you want to enter your birthday, you can enter the month date. And if you want to include the year, you can include the year. Um, then on down, I think on the next slide, um, you select your user. Uh, your desired username. It can be anything. Just remember the elders are going to see. So, uh, and then uh, you select your password, 
And then if you have any notes or comments, whether the person you're signing up is, is, a, is a guardian situation or anything that you need that you think would be helpful, then click that you're not a robot, hit the register button, and then what'll happen is it'll go to um, the administrators and this week it, it's only 400 something people, right? So it's gonna take a little time to approve those, get them set up, direct, uh, link them directly to your, uh, your, uh, yourself in the directory, and then we go from there. Um, go back to the big QR code, back a couple of slides, and we'll just leave it up there. We do have these handed out in the back. There's uh, plenty uh, of, if you wanna take home. And if you don't have a phone or don't have internet service, uh, there's plenty of paper at the back. Just fill it out, turn it into the office or, or me, Jeremy, or any of the deacons, and we'll see that it would get entered in. But we're, we're hoping that this will be a very better way of communicating. Uh, if you've ever felt left out on something that you didn't know about, this is how we find out. If you ever wanted to serve in any capacity, this is your opportunity to say that you are willing to serve. Um, and Jeremy, do you have anything else? I want to thank Chris for everything he's done to help out in this process. The, I tried to send out a text to everyone. Uh, did that go through? I'm not sure that it did. Um, these sheets are out there in the foyer. It's got the web link for you to access. It's got this QR code on it. Uh, so if you didn't get that link, I'm going to try to send it again here shortly. It's very important that we try to get as many people signed up for this as possible uh, so that we can get on board. Uh, the app that we're going to be introducing, it's got a lot of great features in it for, for you to get involved and for, for us to help you get involved. And so uh, we think this is a great, great tool that we're going to be able to use in the future. Uh, if you would, we'll bow together and we'll close this time together. Father God, we thank you so much for the blessings that you provide and the, the tools that you provide to us. And Lord, we know we're a large congregation and, and we always need to be connected and we always want to be involved in, in the activities of, of this congregation. And we thank you for the skills and the abilities of so many uh, that, that make your church uh, here in Boonville and make your congregation here reach out to the community. Father God, help us always to serve you, be with us as we depart. We love you so much, and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.